Hello and welcome to Talk of Balls, the JSP's weekly podcast. I'm Derek McKenna and with me as always is Johnny the Hip Stadel. And Johnny, how are you? Not too bad, and yourself? Uh, not too bad. Also on today's show we have uh, local LSL enthusiast David Nolan. Uh, David will be chatting to us a little bit about the LSL title race and uh, the two big finals coming up on Sunday amongst other things. Uh, on today's show we have a lot to get through. We'll be talking about the aforementioned LSL title race and Phoenix's expulsion last week and what that will mean for um, the title race at the top and obviously the relegation battle at the bottle, bottom. Uh, we'll be talking about the Charlie Cattle Cup final that was on last weekend. We'll be discussing Cherry Orchard's uh, points deduction in the LSL Senior 1. Uh, big news to come out of the LSL uh, this week. We'll be giving a few shout-outs to the clubs who've won promotion and titles recently. Um, we'll moving on from there, we'll have my kind of weekly rant around uh, our continuing expulsion from FAI media events. We'll be previewing the FAI Junior Cup final. Uh, we've an interview from Liffey Wanderers manager John Young in there as well. We'll be previewing the Intermediate Cup final as well with an interview with uh, Tolka Rovers manager Paul Doyle. And we'll be discussing uh, the issue that's come up in the past day or so of the FEI Senior Cup fixtures that were scheduled for the end of this month, uh, clashing with the La Manga training camp for the Irish amateur squad. So uh, some of those players might not be away, uh, able to go away to the La Manga camp because of uh, the clash of fixtures there. So uh, we'll be discussing that as well. So I suppose we, we'll jump right in uh, to the LSL title race. Um, I suppose it's it's been one of those kind of... Probably the most exciting title race I can remember in years, and, and relegation battle as well. It seems to be all the bottom sides are beating the top sides at the moment and putting a spanner in the works. Every week you think that one of the uh, someone's kind of pulling away, like Bluebell or whatever, or, or Crumlin are getting back into it, or Drums were uh, looking likely there at one stage, and then they seem to kind of come up short against one of the, I won't say the lesser teams, but one of the teams fighting relegation. So it seems to be a, a really exciting season. And I suppose we have David here with us tonight. And David, can you give us your perspective on this season? Is it one of the most exciting ones that you've come across in recent years? Yeah, well, thanks for having me, lads, first of all. Um, it's, been a, it's been a great season, I suppose, um, as a, from an observer point of view. Not so great if you're in the thick of it and involved with it, the club, but... Um, Thankfully, we look like we're okay now, but um, I think Bluebell have been fantastic all year. They've a couple of hiccups in the last few weeks. Um, Lucondo have been very consistent, brilliant in the sense they come up from um, senior one and have just uh, done, I think, what other clubs have done in the past, really, in the first season. And I was surprised everybody. Cluster as well. Coming in the last couple of months and um, back into it. The title race is still very much alive. I think um, Bluebell have the upper hand at the moment, but Coleman look like they might... Um, Catch them at the end, you know? Like, of course, we, we've always, like, you know, there's always the case in the LSL uh, senior, which I always find, like, you know, you do always get those kind of upsets towards the end of the season where one of the teams fighting relegation can beat one of the teams at the top. But it, from your experience, Dave, has it happened as much as it happened this season in, in previous seasons? No, definitely not. I mean, I watched Mallow play um, uh, Bluebell recently in the midweek game, and I went out on a, on a personal level hoping to see. Um, Bluebell win and, and Malahoy came, came away with three points um, the following Sunday I went to, went to Bluebell to watch Wayside and exactly had, had the same aspirations that you know Bluebell would put Wayside to the sword um, oh yeah, my god I ask you to go to all of Bluebell's games David maybe yeah <laughs> I, I like that um, Wayside, Wayside took, a, took a point from that game and, and might have even won it so um, it's it's definitely been the most open season and, and I mean Baron Phoenix who have been consistently you know Sort of pure, except for maybe the very start of the season. Um, I think any other side in the division 
is capable of pulling up to any other side, you know, the top end. And that's really for me, um, as an LSL, you know, person, is what I think separates that particular um, league from any other um, amateur league in the country, is that it is so strong right the way through. There isn't any group of clubs that um, sort of pull away every year. There, there, there seems to be a, a competitive um, nature to it right the way through the division, you know. Like just on, I suppose I'll bring Johnny in there. Like, what what has been the biggest surprise for you this season, Johnny? Like, I suppose for me has been uh, the biggest surprise. Um, well, obviously that it's been such a tight division from top to bottom. Where like up until a week ago, before Phoenix's expulsion, literally up as far as sixth spot could have went down. And like I suppose it's just it's probably eighth spot down now. I still could, still could down. But the biggest surprise for me, I suppose, has been Talca's kind of. I won't say capitulation, but they've you know they've had an awful bad bad run of form in the last month or so. Uh, which was a bit of a surprise with such a, a strong squad. What's what's been the biggest surprise for you, Johnny? Uh, I wouldn't say surprise because any time you, you go to any game, um, if you think Cumberland what lost one last year, but there wasn't they weren't winning every match four and five nearly because you're getting the AOL and, and so forth. Um, they they were tight enough games, so you, you would expect um, you know there would be the odd shock here and, and, and there. But as you say, if you would have said Cumberland would have had the start they had, you, you would have said. Last year, well, then it was Talca's day to take. And I think when we were out in Colester recently for the Bluebell game, someone was saying at the start of the season they looked at the table and said to themselves, Look, if you get nine or ten wins, you're up and forth. Yeah. If you get 15 wins, you could be challenging. Like, so, um, like, it, it's, an, it's an amazing season. It is a bit of a surprise that there is so many shocks, but like, any game you go to, you, you, can, you can nearly expect one of the lower clubs to give the, the top club a go. So, just that they're actually getting over the line this year. It, it probably just shows you, you probably do need one or two of those star players to get you a, a goal or when it's two all or um, I don't know, Crumlin coming back against Pats in, in the cup, you know, you, you probably sort of need that mentality, you know, everyone on song or, uh, on big games and um, it, it's just that, that type of league and it, it's great for the league that, that, that Colester and Drums have just come up and then and are that end of the table and if you think how good Moctis are next season is, is definitely going to be an interesting one again another strong side added to it I suppose that like uh, yeah, uh, when I was mentioning surprises um, I wouldn't have predicted that Cholesterol and, and Drumcondra would have been up the top end of the table like I think anybody who comes up a division no matter what league it's in you know the 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 kind of um, start-out goal should always be consolidation in any league, but you know, I think I was as shocked as anyone to see. You know, drums were the leaders for much of the early part of the season, and then I thought to myself, oh well, maybe they'll drop away. Um, like Cholesterol, I thought maybe they'll drop away in the second part of the season, but fair play to them, they've been very consistent in keeping up there all the way through, and um, they might just get pipped for for second place by if Crumlin can put a, a number of wins together, and maybe even Tolka can towards the end of the season. Well, it's been a nice surprise. Like, with the way things are going, they could definitely still win it. Um, in with the show, like, it's still all to play for, I think. Yeah, well, I suppose, obviously, Bluebell are hot favourites, and but Crumlin, I suppose, are the, the ones who have the games in hand who could uh, potentially... And have to play Bluebell. And have to play Bluebell as well. Like, so that's, you know, it, it could be... Uh, just in relation to the to the Phoenix points, uh, or kind of what happened there with Phoenix having all their results wiped, I suppose... Um, it's definitely changed the, the perspective on the league table, whereas you had, um, you know, certain clubs that thought they were six points more up the table and then losing six points. Like, it, it definitely um, hindered Wayside, especially. Like, they kind of plummeted right down 
the division. Like, and I suppose the, I wouldn't say the two that benefit from it because you know you don't benefit because everybody lost all the points anyway. But um, Patsy Y and Fairhouse seemed to go, you know didn't because they had drawn against uh, um, Phoenix earlier on the season. They didn't lose as many points because they knew they'd they'd already lost the points. If if I'm making any sense there, so. It's definitely kind of changed the perspective on the league table. What do you think yourself, David? Well, Patsy and I actually um, were beaten by Phoenix. So the only team to be beaten by Phoenix. Oh, that's right. Yeah, sorry, yeah. It was uh, the cold November night up in, up in Scribblestown. I remember it well. And they got a very late goal. Um, the Tatum was obviously there was the first, um, it was definitely the first three points. So they're only three points. And they threw with Glebe and Fairhouse in the meantime. The Glebe draw was only recent enough. So, um, Patsy Y, Glebe and Fairhouse obviously benefited from the fact that, um, well, certainly in Patsy Y's case, they only dropped three points down from, from 22 to 29. Yeah. And you take, for example, um, the other teams that would consider themselves to be in a spot of bother at the moment, like Bangor, UCD, Wayside in particular, I mean, they all lost six points. And it, it certainly had a, had a, an effect on the league in, in, in the sense that um, they, they now, I mean, Bangor now kind of need to win their two, two remaining games or else they, they, they might be in, in a spot of bother and um, that's amazing to think that they might actually um, find themselves in that situation I think at the moment um, just on the look at the league table here in front of me and it's, it's, it's updated and Phoenix are obviously on zero points now and, and they've been gone a long time I don't think Wayside are going to um, survive which is amazing um, I think to think that such a, a club such a big club like Wayside will um, find themselves in senior one football next year um, unless something drastic happens over the next couple of weeks and it's, it's anybody really from Greystones, UCD, Bangor, Glebe, Malahoyne and Patsy White who are still not technically safe either because they're not a million miles off. I think Fairhouse are okay now. They're, they're enough points ahead that they can't be caught um, by any other, other um, five or six teams. So, um, yeah, it definitely changed things. It certainly, um, it, it certainly benefited three clubs more than, than, than the rest, obviously. And um, I'm sure um, the likes of Wayside and, and Bangor and UCD will be coursing. Um, the lads off Phoenix for not getting up out of bed on Sunday morning two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I suppose you'd 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 fancy you'd you'd more kind of be happy to be in the position of the likes of Glebe who have games in hand. They've only played the twenty and they're on twenty four points, or the likes of even Greystones who've only played twenty um, and they're in twelve position, but they have the kind of the it's in their own hands that they can get out of that mire uh, there where the teams above them like UCD and Bangor have played um, two games more than them. So you'd you'd probably prefer to be in Greystones and the likes of um, Glebe North's position and they played the lesser games because yeah. it's not points on the board but they still it's all in their hands to get themselves out of it where the other teams could be just dragged into it because they've, they're already down there in that regard, you know? But, but do Glebe North have Crumlin and Tolkien? I'll tell you exactly who they have, um, Johnny. I've got to actually have it here in front of me. Um, they've oh, already Glebe have um, four games left and they're all away from home. Oof. And they play Talkit away. Now, Talkit may not be up to much after, after Sunday's final because um, they really have nothing to play for now in the league. Um, but still, Talkit away is also going to be a tough match. They have to play UCD away, Malahide away and Greystones away. And I suppose UCD are also struggling, so that's going to be a kind of a the proverbial six-pointer. And who exactly. else was it? Malahide, Malahide as well? Too, yeah. And that's another one, yeah. And Greystones. And Greystones, Jesus. Yeah, yeah so that's, it's a real relegation scrap for them down there. Like. Well, I was at the game last night, obviously up, up in Balbriggan, and um, you, could, you could tell there was a real relief um, from the Glade bench that they, they picked three points, but I think they realised obviously that, the, that was the last home game. I, I, I think I'm right here when I say before the away game, but I think I worked out really good anyway. Um, then you got to UCD, and they, they have two matches left, and those two matches are against Glebe at home. 
and Wayside away. So again, they're, they're playing two other sides who are you know in the in the in the relegation battle with them. And um, Fairhouse, I think they're okay. So there's no point in going through there. They're um, they're remaining fixtures. But uh, then you look at Malahoy, They've got one game left, and that's on Friday night against Glebe. Um, the Wayside have got UCD at home and crumbling away. It's hard to see Wayside pick up, get many points at crumbling. Um, then Bangor have two home games, with the first one uh, being tomorrow night. They're home to Drum College tomorrow night, which is a really, really big game. Tough game, yeah. And then, yeah, and, they're, and they're, their last home game then will be against Greystones, again, a, a club who, who also need points. Jesus, and yeah. That... Greystones, finally, just to go through the last of the fixtures, they've got four games left, and one of those is at home, that's against Glebe. And then they're away to Bangor, Fairhouse and Colester. Jesus. So there's an awful lot of football to be played between now and, and over the next two weeks. And I mean, a lot, a lot of the fixtures are going to be squeezed in over the next two weeks. Um, like I've seen the fixture list, and there are teams that are playing Wednesday, Friday, and then again on a Sunday, which is Jeez. very unusual. But um, that's because they want to finish the program, you know. Yeah, it's, it's it's going to be definitely an exciting, uh, exciting run into to the final few weeks of it. Definitely, like, but uh, can any of uh, make predictions on who's gonna who's gonna who's gonna win it and who's gonna go down? Well, or am I putting you on the spot there? <laughs> I certainly I won't mention anything about the, the relegation side for obvious reasons. Um, but um, I think um, I, I can't call it between Bluebell and Crumlin at the moment. I think Crumlin got a big psych, psych, you know, cycle up on, sort of, on Bluebell last Sunday by beating the cup final. And the, the fact of the matter is that they actually win the remaining games of victim of which one of them is against Bluebell. I think that game is actually on Sunday week. Um, uh, that, that's up and crumbling against Bluebell. So that's, that's probably the game that's going to decide the title, to be honest. So it's hard to pick, pick that. Obviously, I think McPhoenix are gone already. Um, and it, it looks like it's hard to see Wayside get out of it. So any one of five or six other clubs could, could take that other tour of um, relegation spot. Yeah, I think... Every think, think time you try and call it, you, like someone goes on a run. Greystones haven't been in a bad play in the form recently. But Glebe needed that win yesterday, didn't they? And then Banger, yeah. uh, they beat Tolka... Out there, that's a massive three points that they in that game they've got now, and they were looking at talking about challenging or pushing at the top end of the table, and they've a good squad there. You've got the Dawn brothers, you've got um, Connor Riddick, you have one chop up front, you've Danny McGuinness, who was a Roman last They were great squad, and it's strange to see them down there. Um, and then UCD, they always kind of finish strong as well, don't they? They do a bit of a pat yeah. on it. And Malahoyd impressed me then. When we watched them out in Bluebell as well. So they, They've been playing well, Malahoyd, lately. Yeah, and a lot of the teams at the bottom have been getting results lately. And it's, 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 I think it's somewhat nigh on impossible to call. I think I'll probably agree with you. Maybe it's not great to be Greystones with games in hand, knowing what you have to do, rather than being Bangor or UCD under massive pressure to win the two, just to, to get your, your nose in front. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be very interesting. I think uh, I mean, just another point on I suppose on, on how strong the, the league is is that the Metropolitan Cup final, which is a, a really prestigious club to be involved in, is being it will, will be um, competing between you know two of those sides, Glebe North and Malahoy, you know. Yeah, uh, that's it. Yeah, you would get the, the big boys in, in that final, you know. Yeah, and it's 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 strange. I suppose last I think last season's uh, was what was it Tolka and Crumlin in that final? I think. Tolkien, Crumlin, that's right, yeah. Yeah, so, so but I suppose it's good for for both Glebe and Malahide, a nice north side derby there. Uh, yeah, in the final. Actually, I think sorry, that final has been played in Ballymun. Ballymun's ground, actually, that, it's, uh, in the 
Yeah, that's a, it's brilliant for Bally Moon as well in their fourth season in the league, and uh, we'll we'll give them a shout out a little bit later on. They got promotion uh, last night, but I suppose moving on, we've we've spoke about the the senior division a little bit. Uh, David, were you at the Cattle Cup final yourself on Sunday? You know? I wasn't. Um, had had plans to do the half, so I didn't get to the game. But um, I was uh, I was tra- keeping an eye on it, obviously on on on, uh, on Twitter and that, and on JSP's hashtag. And um, I, I, I thought Fulham would win the game, to be honest, uh, beforehand. And when I was watching, they were one nil up, and it's it's classic Fulham. You know, they were one nil up. They 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 blew like a back into it, and then you know Fulham just put it back in their box, um, and, and you know win out quite easily. And I was delighted also for, for Danny McGuinness. Um, the local lad actually, um, his father actually uh, is, is a, uh, won the FIA Junior Cup himself actually back in the oh, interesting. Same Patsy Boy um, all those years ago. So uh, he's a local lad. I was glad to see him, um, you know, pick up his first uh, uh, senior um, medal um, with Crumley. I think he got the tour goal as well. So yeah, it was last season. No, Danny played with us a number of years ago when he came out of school by football. But he's been in college and stuff like that over the last few years. And, has played at Belgrove. Um, was he a winger at Belgrove? He would have played at wide the left. He's a, he's a left full left winger. Yes, yeah, look, I was at the game myself on Sunday, and look, I suppose um, the pitch did suit Crumlin. It was it was that kind of classic, you know, uh, Crumlin who are a nice ball playing team, and it, it did suit them more. And they did have the much better of the first half, cracking goal from Alan McGreal to open the score. And, and they looked in Crew's control at that stage. You know, uh, Bluebell weren't really, you know, they were kind of launching balls in, but uh, Ross Carrigan and, and Thomas Hoyland were just dealing with everything. And then in the second half, like Crumlin were still on top in the early second half, but then when, when Bluebell got the goal, um, uh, Akinadi, is that how you pronounce the lad's name? Is he Akinde? Akinde, I think it is. Um, he scored a header, and after the goal, like Bluebell went into a, a nice little purple patch, and like it was coming into the you know, the, the final stages of the game, and you were thinking, Jesus, Bluebell could sneak this here, they were, like, you know, they were definitely on top at that stage, but then, uh, Thomas Hoyland pulled out a, a, an absolute worldie from 35 yards, blasted a lovely dip in Corland, it just kind of moved in the air, landed in the top corner, and from that point on, though I think there was about 10 minutes to go, Crumlin were back on top then, and then, Danny McGuinness come on, it was nearly, nearly his first touch of the game, ball over the top, uh, brilliantly rounded the keeper, and just slotted home, like, it, literally, I suppose his second touch of the game, uh, it's forcing was to control it, bring it around the keeper. Uh, overall, Crumlin deserved it. Um, hadn't hadn't Bluebell beaten Crumlin a few weeks previously in the league, or am I mistaken? Yeah, so and I know you were saying beforehand, Johnny, that could provide the spark for Crumlin. You know, the impetus now. You were saying if they win the cup final, you know, they could go on and win the league because it's like the, uh, it give them a little mental edge going in. And from what you said, the the pitch seemed to suit Crumlin better. So the Crumlin are at home, um, Bluebell's pitch is probably. Not totally conducive to football, that's fair enough to say. And you know they're a good, strong, physical side. So, um, but if Bluebell can get it down and play in Pierce Park, and they have that little mental edge, um, or if Crumlin can, sorry, and they have that little mental edge, it could it could be a factor in the title decider. But either side can drop points free that anyway. So, are you are you slagging the Bluebell groundsman there, Johnny? <laughs> Elsewhere, before that, that game comes around, but 
it gives them a little bit of, I think it gives them a little bit of a mental edge and especially when in the style and manner it is that they've won like they won on a decent on a decent pitch and playing a bit of football and that will give them a little confidence boost. So after you wrote off Crumlin chances two months ago, they're back in it, Johnny, yeah? I didn't write off Crumlin chances <laughs> two months ago. Yeah, but yeah, I'm not writing them off ever again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I suppose we'll, we'll move on uh, to the senior one division um, and the uh, massive news, I suppose. I suppose we, we had heard about this a month ago that Cherry Orchard had provisionally been deducted 21 points, um, but it came into a shock to us all, including uh, the officials at Cherry Orchard, when we reported the other night, as like just by chance, we checked the LSL senior one table and spotted that it had been altered, and and uh, that we knew there had been a meeting up in the LSL that night, and Crumlin had indeed been deducted twenty one points, and they were plunged straight away into a relegation battle, which they knew going into the, their um, their game against Newbridge the other night that if they didn't win it, they were most likely going to be relegated. Now, obviously, they did win, um, and they won a three 0 but the ruling itself. Um, you know, we've spoke about before that, you know, we're not fans of this ITC rule. Um, and I did speak to Deco uh, Heavy today, the, the manager of Cherry Orchard, and he, he was kind of filling me in on on a lot of what happened. But just from, from your perspective, Johnny, or even yours, David, um, what do you think of the rule in itself, the whole, like the 21 points going, and then the each of the clubs that uh, they had played against with the, with the technically um, ineligible player getting the three points? Um, I suppose th- those who benefited most out of it was St Francis because if St Francis hadn't have got those three points, um, they would have went down last night. Um, so uh, you know it was a big benefit for them to to get the three points. But I suppose all clubs got the three points that they played the an eligible player with. Um, but what's your perspective on on the ruling itself and the ramifications it had for the for the for the uh, LSL Senior One League? Well, I think um, it's it's very very unfortunate for for Cherry Orchard. Um, they, they were relegated on the last day of the season last year, I think if I remember correctly again, uh, they played Freyhouse and they're obviously a, you know, one of the, the giants of um, amateur football, they were giants of junior football and since they've moved up into intermediate football they, they've always been up there in the top division. Um, I'm glad they, they managed to um, avoid relegation last night. I don't think it would have served um, football any, any good purpose to see Terry Archie down to senior 1A and, and I know from look, watching other clubs do in the past, I think when you go down that slippery slope, it's very difficult to get back up because you just can't attract the calibre of player you need. Um, so I'm glad that there's going to be a senior one next year at the very least, and um, that they can they can kind of um, springboard from there hopefully. Um, on on the the ITC thing, I mean, I don't know how I feel about it really. At the start of the season, um, in my own role, in my own club, um, we had to go down that road and make sure we had. Um, um, certificate sorted out for for a player who actually subsequently didn't didn't actually stay with us anyway, and it was a lot of work to to get it um get it pushed through um the the, the reasons around and I seen the, the the conversation that was that was going on on, on Facebook during the night with um Ali Mum secondary and I know he's he's certainly be an expert in this area um I can understand the reasons for it but I can also understand the reasons why it would frustrate people um and it does seem to sort of um it does seem to be unnecessary I and mean, in this particular case um. The fact that a, a player who wanted to obviously improve his own prospects, um, I'm right in saying that um, the player in question um, moved from Cherry Orchard to uh, um, Cabin Tealy, and it was only when that happened um, the whole thing came to light that um, you know because of I suppose that move by that guy to, to move on to League of Ireland football, this um, this issue came up, and, and Cherry Orchard have suffered you know very very heavily for it. 
mean, from they're going, they've gone from being probably promoted back into the senior division to to almost um, losing their senior one status. So um, I feel really sorry for Terry Yards. They've had they've had a tough couple of years. They lost their manager and a lot of players um, going into last season, and um, as, as a result, they, they end up getting relegated. Um, from a club that, that had been in the intermediate cup final twice until years only two years ago, um, you know I'm just I'm, I'm glad they, they haven't gone down. Um, and, but the, the rules are the rules are the rules and can't really argue with them. They're there in black and white, and they have to be um, they have to be followed as well. Yeah, like there, there is, a, there's a lot more to the story after, like I got a lot more background to the story myself um, today and I suppose stuff I didn't know, like the player in question um, came home from Aston Villa with a serious injury two years ago, he hadn't played football in two years, kind of, you know, fell out of love with the sport and, and stuff like that and he only kind of, it was his first kind of fray back into football this year um, and started playing with, with the Orchard. Um, he never actually made the move to Cabantilli, um, I think what, from, from my understanding of it, he 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 was about to make the move and then changed his mind, and then because he changed his mind, you know, someone flagged up the issue that you know he, he hadn't got the ITC and he was playing for Cherry Orchard and you know maybe to force his hand to go back to Cabin Teeley, but um, you know kind of basically threw the cat amongst the pigeons and then set in motion what happened. Now I lo- I know um, does, it's not the end of the matter um, from Crumlin's or sorry from Cherry Orchard's perspective. Um, they they're they're not taking it to court of arbitration, but they're they're taking uh, legal action against the league um, and and individuals within the league as well um, over their handling of the case. Uh, something to do with you know due diligence and uh, items of you know process not being upheld and stuff like that. So um, the matter still isn't over. Like it, it, when it, when the league table is finished in a week's time, if Cherry Orchard uh, had still had their twenty one points, technically they could still go up. Now you know if the points were awarded back to them. Um, they would be ahead of Belgrove, I believe, because Belgrove wouldn't have got the three points, um, from my understanding of it. So, if that court case goes ahead, I'm sure it'll have to go. Uh, there'll have to be a judgment before um, August, which courts don't generally work that fast. And if if, if there's an injunction uh, put in there, it could it could hold up the whole start of the next next season there. So um, the the matter definitely isn't finished, and there's a lot lot still to come on it. You know, from from Sherry Archer's perspective, and and I, to be quite honest, I don't blame them. Um, they they have a case to fight, um, and they were challenging to go back up this season. They put a great run together, a great young, uh, very young side. I believe most of them are only like twenty, twenty one, twenty two, twenty three. Uh, I think their oldest player is twenty six. Um, you know, a new manager in there, and he done very well to 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 get them back to that stage after being relegated last season. And uh, you know, it is a bit of a kick in the teeth just to to put in such a good season like that, and then to have it ripped away from you. If a player, if a, if a club plays a banger intentionally. Uh, or you know, falsify someone's name on a team sheet and all. I'd say throw the book at them. But when it's a, a genuine thing that um, you know they didn't know that he, or, or whatever that or, or they thought the forms had been submitted in relation to the ICC, it was a genuine you know honest mistake. It wasn't somebody trying to hoodwink anybody or, or pull a fast one. Um, I think the the benefit of the doubt has to be given in those circumstances. And like um, you know, I was having the discussion with the Ballymun secretary Bernard O'Connor on on Facebook the other day, and I can see what his perspective on there does need to be a law there to stop teams just signing in ex pros for cup finals and stuff like that. But what I was saying is the ITC is not fit for purpose for that. It's too far reaching and it's too restrictive to amateur players. There needs to be a, a rule brought in, obviously, to stop the the cheating and the bringing in but of. How does Kevin Taylor know? Sorry, how did Calvin Teeley know that he, he hadn't got his ITC? Did, 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 did. Well, without getting... Saying rules are rules, 
w- without getting too yeah, far into yeah, the. Yeah. Okay, you, you, you. Sorry, Johnny. Without getting sorry. too far into the into the ins and outs of it, I don't think it was Cabin Teeley who that flagged up oh. the fact that he hadn't got it was it was uh, some uh, came up through the FAI, um, and oh. from what I've been told by Cherry Orchard, no teams in the division. Uh, were were uh, putting in a protest against them. Any of the teams that they had beaten with this player didn't want to protest against it. Like so, um, they that's why they feel it's totally excessive. You know. Yeah, I suppose, like as I said, we won't delve too far into it because there's a court case pending on it, and like there's a lot to still come out. And you know, I don't think it's as simple as just the ITC thing, you know, and that's why it didn't go to arbitration. It's more to do with um, procedures not being followed and, and stuff like that, and that's where the kind of the gripe comes in from Cherry Archer's perspective, I think. So uh, you know, there's a lot still to come out, and we, I suppose it's it's futile us kind of speculating on, on what will happen there. So um, I suppose the best thing to, to do is to kind of move on swiftly. Um, I suppose I just want to give a, a quick shout out to teams we always do on, on the show every week just teams who've uh, gained a, a promotion or won a title and stuff like that so I'll just go through a few obviously St Moctis claimed um, the league title a few weeks ago uh, and they were presented with their, with their trophy there the other night so again congratulations I don't think that's a third time I've congratulated them in a few weeks uh, Belgrove Home Farm obviously who went up and as well as Glen- Glenville um, obviously pending that court case well congratulations to them if, if it does work out that they go up to the senior division I think it's Glenville's first I, I was surprised by that Johnny um, I've seen that it's Glenville's first um, ever time in the senior division I always thought they were in the senior before yeah no I'll tell you what I'm I think they're only 
Yeah, like uh, and again, congrats. Right Sorry, say again, Johnny. <laughs> yeah, Mill Lane is nice. It's a uh, Palmerstown's uh, ground, but it's it's very. It, Johnny always thought that Glenville played there, but it's actually Palmerstown that played there. It's a lovely. Uh, it's like in a valley. Um, it's like it's surrounded by the. Um, it's like a, going into a stadium surrounded by trees or something like that. It's, it's oh, a, I've never been, never been. Yeah. But, um, but the Glenville State is, is, is a decent setup anyway, and um, they'll be able to the league next year. Right, uh, also, uh, Port Marnock won the LSL Senior 1B last night. Um, congratulations to them, a former AUL Big Guns. Um, they won the title last night. Um, I think they beat Comfy, as far as I'm aware, last night to, to claim the title. Um, as well as that Ballymun in their fourth season. In the LSL have been promoted. Um, I suppose it was, you know, a lot of people might have thought it was a risky move coming across the LSL from the AUL, and you know, because they lost a lot of their team from last season. But um, the move has been vindicated by their promotion, um, and also Lucan go up in that division. Lucan, who are obviously littered with the ex pros brigade out there, um, the likes of Rutherford, Mark Kinsley, um, Graham Barrett. Who else is out there? There's um, Gartland. Gartland. There's a good few of them out there, so they're they're going up as well. Do what? Which? And then someone used to play for Arsenal. Barrett, is it? Um, there's Barrett there, and there's oh, there's if there's um, there's loads of them. There's loads of them, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting one, but I, I can't uh, put my finger on who it is at the moment. Then uh, I suppose a, a bit of good news for Cherry Orchard. Uh, to their over thirty fives won the AUL Salvitas Cup last night, beating Mellows BDS. Mellows who done the double in the league and the Leinster uh, over thirty fives Cup were pipped by. Um, Cherry Orchard last night with two goals to one so congratulations to Cherry Orchard over 25s there uh, down in Limerick congratulations to Janesborough FC who've, uh, who won the league title last weekend um, I suppose Janesborough have been knocking on the door the past few seasons a very very strong club down in Limerick uh, they, and they just pipped Pike Rovers to the title this season so uh, congratulations to them um, down in Tipperary South Clonmel Celtic won a kind of a, a playoff of sorts it was both teams last game of the season them and St Michael's uh, last week and Clonmel came, came out on top Clonmel Celtic came out on top in that game to claim the league title and they're also playing St Michael's this week I think it's Saturday in the in the cup final uh, so they could make it a double there um, which would be a kind of a bit of a bad season for St Michael's after the, after winning five trophies last season I don't think they're going to win any this season but um, it shows the resurgence of uh, Clonmel Celtic there to, they've done uh, so well this season and then down in Tipperary North you have Nina AFC who beat Nina Celtic in their playoff uh, for the league title just before they move over to the Limerick League Nina AFC uh, are leaving the North Tip Division so congratulations to them oh I need a breath after all that um, I suppose I, I need a deep breath because I'm about to go on one of my rants 
Um, <laughs> did you just say here we go? Um, I'll take a deep breath. Right, so again, um, we applied for, we, we were told uh, last weekend that the there was the FAI Junior and Intermediate uh, Media Day happening last Monday. We went through the proper channels as we as we tend to do. We we asked and um, we sent off an email to the communications director of the FAI, and we got a very court response, which simply just said um, the JSP has not been invited and media accreditation will not be granted. When we asked for a response, uh, we didn't get one, which we never do. We're never told why. Of course, we know why because um, a certain newspaper kicks up a fuss and um, because they see us as a direct threat. When other media organisations get invited, like anybody can show up to these media days except us, um, which is, you know, but the more we look into it and we've spoke to legal people about it, surely, uh, you know, it, there has to be some contravention of um, competition law there that, you know, a monopoly is not, is never good in any um, in anything, you know, and, and a media monopoly is definitely not healthy for anything. And how they can continue to bar us when we're, the amount of coverage we've given both competitions this year, um, of course, like Aviva always send us their stuff. They love what we do. They love the publicity we, and they're the main sponsors. But for some reason, um, the the FAI seem to be doing the bidding of a of a national newspaper who see us as a threat and continue to have us barred from um, from all uh, media events. We won't get press passes for the for the final on Sunday, uh, which is fine. We don't mind. I actually prefer sitting in in with the fans. Um, just makes things a little bit more difficult for us because you know. Uh, you're not foiling. Well, well, no, I'll be foiling for the junior, and you'll be foiling for the for the intermediate. But it, like you know, we've no plug sockets there and stuff like that, which makes things a little bit more difficult for us to do. Um, we've no pitch side access to get photographs or interviews afterwards, so it hinders our coverage. But seriously, like it's it's got to the stage where it's just farcical. Um, like I, you know. I rant about it all the time and the amount of support we get on Facebook and on Twitter and people who can't believe that this is happening uh, because of the amount of publicity we give these competitions and the goods that people see we're doing for the game and giving it the publicity. Yet, you know, we never get a reason as to why. Um, and as I said, of course we know why, but nobody will come out and, and put it in writing and say, this is the reason why you're barred. Nobody will tell us why. Um, Dave, have you any perspective on it or would you rather avoid the subject than... So I'm speaking here on the personal level, um, and, and what anything I say is, is, is not coming from you know any club I'm involved in or the league I'm, I'm involved in. Um, like you, you know, you'd be aware of this, Derek. But you know, I'm, I've, I've been doing a, um, a local radio show all, all this year with um, in Rings End, um, called Trina Rain, and it's from the local community centre. You know, it's a bit of a laugh. And um, but we obviously we, we do give coverage to the local um, amateur amateur football scene here, which is quite strong. And just off the back of that, I, I rang the FEI press office myself on, on Monday morning um, and asked them about, um, I spoke to a girl with the name of Laura, I asked them about um, access to the media day. Now, I knew I couldn't make it myself, I was at work, um, I was starting at half four, and I knew neither the guys that the other, the other guys that were involved in the radio show couldn't make it either. Um, two of them were down the country, and I just, I just rang them out of curiosity more than anything else. And um, I was given, I was told, yes, just turn over half four, um, your name on the list, no problem. Um, and the reason I, I, I made the application was because we, Nifty Wanderers involved in the final, um, they, they're considered you know, a local side in this area, and um, that's why we were kind of saying, well, we'd like to, we'd like to cover it. So we were, we were granted access, so I suppose it strengthens your, your, your argument um, as to the fact that you're being um, discriminated against for some reason. I, I can't get my head around it. Um, the, the, the newspaper in question don't 
sponsor the FEI. And I suppose the, 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 the um, example I would use is I mean, the FEI or the FEI, the National Association, and all their teams and all their competitions are for everyone. And if you take, I suppose, the, the senior international team, um, there, there is no one newspaper or media outlet that has ownership over the reporting of their games. So why is that the case? In, you know, in, in this situation, and also by extension, the, the amateur international team, it just baffles me. And it baff- it's cronyism of the highest order, and I, I don't mind saying that publicly because that's what I believe. Yeah, like, uh, like, uh, and a lot of other people believe the same thing. Obviously, we're biased because it's happening to us, David, but, you know, the amount of support we got, I think a lot of people would have seen it on Facebook the other day, the amount of kind of goodwill messages we got and people who can't understand it. Johnny, do you want to have your, your tuppence worth? Yeah, I, I'd, I'd just be hurt for football in Ireland, like, and, and really getting frustrated at this stage, and I'm not saying it's Exposure for themselves, but at the end of the day, I mean, you know, it's 
cut and dry. That's what they want, you know. They, it's it's marketing exposure for, for their brand is what they want out of it. I mean, probably some of the people who make these deals with the FBI probably never go to an amateur football game themselves or lawyers. But anyway. Well, they, they, do, no, they, they do a good job as well, David. They do a great job, that's the yeah. point. And, and they need all the various um, media to exactly. then, you know, push that out there and, and to to prevent one particular uh, media um, you know, group like a, like like the JSP from doing that. Surely that uh, almost kind of contravenes the whole idea of them sponsoring the competition in the first place. Well, in that regard, that's why we like we we have a great relationship with Aviva, and they still send us all the all the promotional um, materials that they do with our videos and their press releases and all that. And they that's are pre- they're they're, pre- they're pretty baffled by it themselves. Like you know, there's not a lot they can do. They said you know the FEI don't want us at the events, but. You know they'll still send us on, and they like what we do. And you know, in that regard, we have a great relationship with Aviva. But it just seems to be, um, it seems to be petty to me, and it seems a bit vindictive. Um, and I don't know. I'd love to know. I, I just want some official word from it. Is this like well, just one or two people, take, well, in, individuals? Sorry, Derek. If you take what happened to you at the final of the Charlie Cattle last week, that that shows the annoyance. There's a bit of. Silliness and vindictive nature to it. So, one person being able to make a phone call to official to say, We have a picture up, get the picture down. And the official having to go to you to tell you to ask you to get a picture down to save him an air bashing. It's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's, it's gone beyond logic. Yeah, I suppose just to clarify that, at the, at the Charlie Cattle Cup, I was asked by, I won't say who I was asked by, but someone from the league. Um, asked me to take to take down our picture of the of the team sheet that we had up on Twitter because they'd had complaints from the certain media organisation um, that that we were at the game and we shouldn't be at the game and, and that so that to me shows the pettiness of it that when I'm at a game reporting um, they're kind of complaining that we're at a game you know so, so why why wasn't was there an issue then with with the uh, the talent echo or who was, with the echo paper who who put a video up of the celebrations exactly very soon after I mean like this is just but to a certain degree, and I, I can't get into this too much um, in terms of the league side of it, there is a sponsorship thing there at the very least, whereby they, they, they um, um, did that particular newspaper entitled to get, I suppose, the, the exclusives, if you like. Yeah, but fully understandable. You can't go and watch a game. And, and, you know, I mean, that's like telling me I can't put the scoreline up on Twitter or, you know, on, you know it's just, it, it's wrong. It, it does, those rules just don't exist. And, um, I think it'll sort itself out over time, but it's, it's very frustrating. And as, a, as, a, as a football man, as a person who loves the game and, and loves to see the game uh, being promoted, um, and, and again, I say that, and reiterate, this is all my personal views, you know, just for me, given my personal views as a, as a, as a football person, I think um, I think it's just wrong, and, and um, it'll have to sort itself out at some point in the future. Um, Hopefully it does, David, but it gets demoralising from our point of view. I'm having a Derek rant here. <laughs> Football, like, 
especially at amateur football. And if we had more resources, we could do leagues lower down. We're trying to get people to play ball and play sport in, in society at the minute. And yeah, they're trying to quash, quash that. And they have a responsibility and a role to, to promote football and should use us rather than hinder us. Absolutely. And what's to stop somebody, like, in, in, you know, a regular person going to that final and, and tweeting a picture of the, the team sheet, which, you know, anybody has probably, I imagine can get a hold of if you really want to, or, or put up a picture of, of the teams coming out for the final. I mean, that's, that's really petty. I, I, didn't, I wasn't aware of that particular um, incident. Uh, just uh, I think... Head around it. I think it needs to be... Um, this, look, this, this show, I mean, I listen to this show every week and, and I'm delighted to be part of it this week. And I know it's, it's I, I would imagine it's, it has a decent listenership. And probably some of the people who are pointing the finger out here, although we're not naming anybody, are probably going to be listening to this as well. And my, my, I suppose what I'd be saying is, do not see how petty this is and how, how ridiculous it looks um, and, and how amateur it makes. Um, I know it's an amateur, it's an amateur uh, game and it's an amateur league. But it's coming from amateur makes it all look, you know. Yeah, like I suppose the the kernel of it, and I'm going to finish up on this point because I don't want to drag it out too long and, and bore people about it. We probably do bore people a lot about it, but the kernel of it is like what you said, Dave. Um, what's to stop any individual turning up at a match and tweeting a, a picture and and stuff like that, or doing scorelines and and there is nothing to stop. But the fact that it's us, and that's where that's where it comes in because we're seen as a threat to to their kind of monopoly. That's why we're being singled out. And like you say, other media organisations are not being singled out. Like you said, the one that put up the video of the celebrations and stuff, there'll be no kind of reprimand for them. Um, but it's only us that get it. And that's that's where it, kind of, it gets petty and it gets vindictive. And it, and it's just wrong uh, and shouldn't happen. But again... Just, just to say, sorry, Derek, we're going on about it. It seems like we're going on about it too much. But we've better tone and survive for AIDS. It's just getting to a point where it's not even about us anymore. It's just... I'm genuinely, genuinely bored for football. If that makes sense, it, like it's it's gone beyond being us. Like it, 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 and the pettiness and the slyness and the two-faced element and all of this, it, it's getting to that. And we're probably we bit our tongue for long enough. So if we have a rant every now and then, now you know it's a built-up thing over over a good while. Right, let's get off the the morbidness anyway, of <laughs> and get back to promoting the game. What we do best, um, you know, uh, we'll we'll move on to the FAI. I suppose we'll start with the Junior Cup final, um, which um, is on at 4 o'clock on Sunday, uh, Liffey Wanderers and Sheriff YC. Um, I'll just start off with you, David, because you would have a bit, I think you would have more of a perspective on Liffey Wanderers than me. Um, I've seen them a few times this season and I've been very impressed with them every time I have seen them, but uh, you as, like a, 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 I suppose, a near local to their side and having uh, in-depth experience of their manager... Um, John Young and a lot of the players who would have played for Patsy Boy before. Um, give us your kind of your idea of how the final will go and and your perspective on it. Well, I watched the game on Good Friday, um, and I was listening to John. Uh, I was talking to John myself a few weeks ago about this, and, and obviously, um, Sheriff um, won that game quite comfortably in the end, the second half. I was tight enough for the first half, but um, I suppose from my perspective, I, I know John very well. Um, with from in the past, and a lot of the players um, that will be involved in the final, I won't preempt his, his start eleven. Um, but no, John, he doesn't. He doesn't tinker too much with his team. Um, usually, he sticks with the same tried and trusted um, team and formation. And um, you know, that, if you go through that team or what, what it may be, there's guys in there with a hell of a lot of um, experience and are very, very, very capable of um, you know coming, turning up on Sunday and actually um, surprising everybody. 
And we, I'll just go through what I, you know, what I know to be the sort of regular starting eleven. We had Philip O'Connor in goal. Philip was a top top striker before he became a goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, maybe some, I don't know, some people might not realise that. Um, he played for Liffey a long time ago um, when they when they first started their journey up through the intermediate divisions, and, and he captained them when they won the Gillingham Cup. I think it was in nineteen, I think two thousand and five, as a striker. And also his, his younger brother Anto O'Connor was also part of that team. He obviously much younger then. Um, and uh, so Philip Philip has tons of experience. And then as a goalkeeper, I mean, he's won the Gillingham Cup as a goalkeeper with Patsy Roy. He's played in, in the Noel Ryan final. And probably the one that, that would stick out most of all is the fact that he kept Shamrock Rovers out for 83 minutes in the National Senior Cup final back in 2012 um, when, when Patsy Roy um, reached the final of that. And, and, and we were beaten 1-0. So Philip had, had performed this year in goal. Um, he, I think he made a couple of great saves in the quarter final. Um, I wasn't at the semi-final. Well, he was the people, the people's man of the match in the semi-final. Although Aidan Roach got the two goals and got the official man of the match, now and Aidan deserved it in reality as well. But Philip had a had a storming game in the semi-final as well. Yeah, I mean he's he's as good a goalkeeper. He's not as good a goalkeeper obviously as as, as um, um, Mr. Murphy at Sheriff Leah Sheriff, but because um, he's not, he hasn't been a goalkeeper all his, his football life. But he's certainly well, certainly very capable, and very capable of being being the difference on the day. Uh, his distribution, his distribution also um, is probably the best of any goalkeeper that I, I, I know of, because he, he has been an outfield player and he's, he's got good vision. Anyway, he, um, he he's an eye for a good, you know, sixty yards um, pass. So Philip, Philip for me could be, you know, could be a big, big player for them. Has been a big player for them and, and could be a big player for them um, on Sunday. Just um, like the, the back two, that the, the regular back two is, is David Andrews and, and Dylan Welch. Now Dylan's a younger lad. He's only. Um, He'd quite inexperienced, so he he'll, he'll need David Andrews beside him to t- sort of to work him through the game. But David Andrews again has been somebody who's been um, been around the game for a long time. He played at Liffey's before and uh, before they, they, they dropped down football, and um, then he went on from there to uh, he played at Belgrove and Crumlin, um, before um, then joining St Patsy White. And like that, he's he's, he's played at a very high level. So it's certainly a centre half of, of, of pedigree, and he's a very very good captain. He's a good talker. Um, Dean Young, who I think will probably play rifle, again has played a couple of big finals. He won the Lanigan Cup actually with Rings Out Rovers when he was only I think, 17 or 18 years of age. Um, a player, a player, I think he played left full actually. Um, so he's a good solid rifle. And Willie Keegan on, on the other side is, um, <clears throat> again, was away from the game for a couple of years I think, but um, a good, good player himself. And uh, So that's a good back four, a good strong back four that you know, is well capable of, of um, you know, keeping Sheriff out. Um, in the midfield, Carl O'Brien, um, Carl's been around the game for a long, long time. He, he, he was a, um, a youth at Leeds United and he came home then and played for Mark Celtic who at the time were a, a good Premier A side uh, back in the, the, the mid Um He won the Leicester Junior Cup with, with, with Bally One, I think um, probably one of the last times they won it. And um, and then played for Belgrove for a lot of years under, under Rocky O'Brien. He played less. I seen a cup final um, a couple of years ago for, for St. Patsy Roy and uh, and the Metro final. So again, a fellow with lots of experience. Um, and then you've got two of the, the rest of the midfield that uh, Anthony O'Connor who's been around the game for a long time. Gary Young's been around. Um, he's Dean's brother. Um, Kenneth Roach, another experienced player. And then you've got the two. The, I suppose the, the X factor they have on the side are the two Roach brothers, Lee and and, and, Aid. and funny enough, um, Lee was always in the, in the past was was when he played. He had a reasonable League of Ireland career and was always considered to be the, uh, I suppose the, the player that everybody would talk about more. So, but, but Aidan's upstairs and um, 
season. Has to be one of the best strikers in the country, doesn't he? Yeah, and I know you mentioned a while ago that you know what. Yeah, I realised afterwards he played for Longford. Yeah, it was. Like you had a season at Longford, with, 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 actually with league, but definitely, I mean, if you, if you hadn't have, um, played in, in, in the in, sorry the professional game, but no doubt that he would be in Jerry Smith's thoughts. Um, so the two lads up front, I mean, Aiden is a, a liver, he's a very very fit fella. He, he run he run all day. I mean, it's gonna be tough on that big pitch and you leave it. He run all day and Lee and Lee just has a life for goal. He probably wouldn't do the same. Uh, put the same walk rate here, but he doesn't need to because he knows where to be. And um, so I mean, they're a dangerous side. They're, they're probably maybe lighter on the bench than that Sheriff would be. And um, and again on the big pitch um, on Sunday that might that might come into play when players get tired. But um, I certainly wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't be ruling them out by any means. It probably will need will need something something to happen. Maybe a. Maybe for for uh, Liffey's themselves to get to get the first goal and something to defend, like like they did down in um, down uh, Wexford, or maybe the sheriff player, I don't know, the sheriff wife lose a player to send or something like that for for to give them the, the extra bit that they need because they they obviously are are, are um, second favourites to to sheriff. But you know, as somebody who knows them and, and knows the club um, and and knows a lot of the players and what they can do. I, I think they'll put it up to them uh, and um, I, I can't really call it to be honest with you at the moment I, I think the, the bookies are, and you'll hear it in my uh, interview with, with John Young I, I spoke to him a little bit earlier on we'll have a listen to that now in a second but um, like we, we spoke about the the, the the bookies odds who have Liffey's at 14-2 now I think the bookies are to have them that far out uh, at 14-2 is a bit crazy like because even though Sheriff have beaten them 4-1 they're a very dangerous side. Um, like, you know, obviously, Sheriff are the best side in the country. They've proved it over the past uh, three or four seasons with two Junior Cup wins and uh, losing out in the semi-final last year, but then getting back to it this year. But uh, People are writing off Liffey's too easy, I think. Um, and I think it will be a very good game and it, it has the potential to be a tight game. And you know, Liffey's have to go out there and give it a go. I don't think any team sh- uh, can sit back against Sheriff and kind of soak them up for 80 minutes and then try to hit them in the last 10. I think you need to, to give it a go, try snatch an early goal and then uh, play away from there. But it, it, it is a big ask. Like, you know, any team coming up against Sheriff, it doesn't matter what team they are or for what part of the country. Um, I suppose it seems you've gone through the, the Liffey team. Maybe I'll, I'll go through a, of a possible. Did you make notes there, Derek? Some great subplots and little stories there for your article. <laughs> yeah. um, well, most of my articles I've written, John, you're the one who needs to write a few now. Um, I suppose the Sheriff team, you can, you, you can be guaranteed Lee Murphy being goal. Anto Cavan is most likely going to be at the centre of the defence, man of the match in the semi final. Um, since he came back into the side this season, he's been colossal, brilliant reader of the game. Uh, right back Paul Murphy is superb, an amateur international, tough tackling. Uh, he'd be coming up against Anto O'Connor, I would imagine. Uh, so that'll be an interesting duel there on, on uh, the left and, and the right-hand side. Uh, the left side for Anto, obviously, and right-back Paul Murphy. Um, then on the other side, it's hard to know who he'll pick. It could be Joe O'Neill. Um, he go with a back three, though, won't he? he go with a back three, yeah, but it could be Joe O'Neill on, on the left of a back three, or David Brown, or Joe Flood even can slot in there. So I don't really know who he'll go with. Then you'd, you'd imagine John Lester will sit in front of the back three. Um, then probably... Um, Alan McCabe maybe on, on the right wing Kevin Lynch on the on the left wing two again two amateur international superb players can, can go past the player at will um, lots of pace lots of skill out of both of them in the centre in my opinion the best uh, amateur player in the country Darren Dunn um, and 
a player who doesn't get as much recognition as he deserves, probably Darren O'Brien, I would imagine, be in there as well. Does does everything uh, knee in the centre for Sheriff? Very kind of unheralded links play, short little passes. But when when, when he's not playing the Sheriff side, you always notice he's not there because he is the kind of master of linking everything up for them. Um, so I would imagine he'd be in there. And then up top, uh, you, you would imagine they'd go with John Rock, the ever-young John Rock, who uh, probably hasn't scored as much this season. Uh, as last season, but bang, he can he can pull them out of anywhere. Brilliant hold up play, um, you, you know you can't even come out with the words to talk about John Rock how good he is and how good he's been over the past uh, vast number of years. And then Keith Dunn, uh, I'm I'm sure admittedly Keith would admit himself he hasn't been uh, scoring as many goals as he as he was in previous seasons, but still a very very dangerous player. His movement off the ball is superb, um, the way he drags defenders out and creates the space for Rock to kind of run into it and stuff like that. Um, so like I, I think it has all the makings of a cracking final. Um, I, I hope it's not. Um, like and even uh, we listened to John Young now, and, and as I said, we listened to him in a minute, and he he admits himself it could end up as a five nil trashing or you know you, you know you you don't know. Uh, but he thinks they'll give them a really good game and they'll give them a go. But Sheriff have the potential to rip teams apart uh, if they're on their game. Um, but if Liffey show up and they're on the game, like David says, they've a lot of players with big game experience in there, and people shouldn't write them off too too easy. Um, has anybody else anything to say about the final before we go into the John Young interview, or anything to add? Okay, well, I suppose we'll, we'll listen to John Young. It's uh, we, a, a nice uh, chat I had with him earlier on, so we'll we'll listen to John's uh, interview now. Okay, I have John Young here on the line, uh, manager of Liffey. Uh, Wanderers, of course, playing in the FAI Junior Cup final on Sunday. Uh, thanks for coming on the show, John. No problem, Daddy. Uh, just a few days away from the final now. What's the excitement like in the camp? Uh, it's great. Everything's everything's buzzing. The whole town, the whole community's really buzzing. It's uh, you know, it's a bit bigger than you expected, and uh, I've tried to keep a feet on the ground to be honest, and more than that. But the lads are really looking forward now to get. We've a free week this week for us. Been a long time. We've had a hectic schedule of games, and. Uh, so we had a good training session on last night up at Crumlin, Crumlin friends to them. We had to thank them for giving us their ground, the grass up in there, the skills up in Magnus Road. They marked out the pitch the same as, uh, as the Aviva because they've obviously found out themselves. Just to give us an idea about what, and we just done a few, uh, bit of a walk out on it. And we have it again tomorrow night, so it's going well. A lot of the lads are just really looking forward to you, which they and just really looking forward now at this stage. Can't wait for the, the, the day to be here. It's, I presume tomorrow night's your last training session before Sunday then, yeah? Yeah, yeah, basically just take it, have a rest day Saturday and then uh, I'm meeting up Sunday and have a pre-match meal and away we go to the stadium, can't wait. And look, how special has it been with the build-up? Obviously, the community's day the other day. You had all the Twitter support from a lot of stars, and of course, the the Apre match uh, analysis of uh, your chances. How, how did you how did you feel that went down? Uh, it's just great crack. I mean, that's just it's just that's too. I mean, it's on both sides. So I'm sure, I'm sure, Sheriff did the same. Just I don't know how a lot came about. I think I think the Apre match thing was just a, a chance meeting. I think they were in there working on their material and what the lads feeling down out of the club. Just asked him, and he said, "We well, yeah, have a bit of stuff," and they just says, "We well, did." Whereas we're walking out and just basically lashed us out of the other, which is great. Yeah, it has but, to be uh, said. It was. It was brilliant. It's, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. And uh, you, you think that we sat down with them for hours talking about what he'd done. It just it was talking about hitting the nail on the head. It was really very good. But um, now after we had a night on Sunday in the party Pierce pub, and it was like a, a lot of the. Old schools are like, were back there rehashing the old stories, and it was a bit of an emotional night actually. And 
uh, back to a previous time in 87 when it was the last big final and there was a video done and we sort of recreated it fellas having to say and just talking about old, old stories it was, it was a great night and then obviously we had the media day Monday but I wanted the lads to lap all that up and just enjoy it but just get the match head on and on Sunday that's really where it's all about Sunday it's just really about the game there's a lots of stuff happening in the area on Sunday there's the street beside the party papers party papers pub is getting closed off there's all sorts of activities for kids and bands and what have you but we'll obviously be well away from that but uh, it's all great for the community it brings the community together as well as anything else and the support we're getting from the, like all the rings and clubs are getting, getting messages everyone's getting messages from them of support whether it be Facebook or Twitter or uh, you know just private texts phone calls so I would say it's all great you know it's a brilliant level of support you're getting and just uh, with, the, with the on-field preparations how's everything gone is it a full fit squad or yeah well looking we had a couple of niggles that's looking really good that we're going to have a full squad to select from to be honest with you we have to let one or two down because we started we're bringing along a squad of 20 and just to be on the safe side in case anyone wants to get a last minute injury but uh, obviously we'll be down with that idea but we're, uh, we're strong we're looking good we'll have a point to this way it looks like we'll have a, a, a better squad to select from than we had when we played them in the Lancet Junior back on Good Friday you know when uh, it wasn't a great one you know Obviously, you mentioned that game. You've played them once already this season. Do you think that'll have a bearing on Sunday's game, or because it's a cup final, does that all go out the window? Yeah, I hope it'll have no bearing. If it has a bearing, I hope it's going to be a good one for us. Now, what happens if the lads, uh, you know, you learn things from defeat. No one likes getting uh, beaten heavily, which was certainly what happened that night in a couple of more, but uh, lessons learned, you know, yourself. But as I say, uh, the lads are looking to uh, reverse that. Well, not me, I mean. We're not looking to beat them for a one. We just want to try to get a win. But we're not going there. We we realise our spot are heavy underdogs. It's not like I mean, maybe we'll be so. I think the, the odds look a little bit askew. If you ask me, one to three and fourteen to two. Yeah. Bit, you know that's a bit. But look, at, that means nothing to us. It's not. I mean, well, Paddy Power and else wants to put up. That's their own business. But um, we don't feel that there's, there's that much of a gulf. So we're we're really looking forward to. But I mean. If you can't look forward to this day, no matter who you're playing, I mean, it could be anybody. You're playing, you need to stay. If you're doing a cup final, it's the it's the stuff of dreams for players. So everyone's really looking forward to that. You know, it's uh, and everyone's relaxed about it. There's not uh, there's no tension or anything. It's just great. And with the with the bookies having you as, as underdogs, can you use that as, as something to boost the team? Like you know, with them having you as such kind of big underdogs, is, is it something you can use to to kind of g up the lads? Yeah, well, I'm sure. <laughs> looking at that one, wouldn't be. Uh, wouldn't be impressed. I mean, it's it's uh, it's not a big deal, but it is something. Not to mention, so I mean, obviously people are talking about it. Like talking to two for in a two horse race is like, like I mean, we, we as I said before, I managed to see why in the in the final of the Lancer Senior Cup against Shamrock Rovers, who were the champions of Ireland at the time. And I don't think the odds were that big, you know. So yeah. you're not looking. You're not looking at that gulf. There was a gulf. Bigger then than this, and you're not, and the, the odds weren't like that. So that's, I just think that's a bit, a little bit. I don't think disrespectful. That's not the right word, but just, uh, it's like you have no hope. It's what, what the books are saying, you have no hope, but we have. Well, it's definitely, up. definitely, yeah. Of course, in any cup final, like that's the way it should be, you know. But yeah. like, obviously, you've watched Sheriff a few times yourself. I think I've seen you at one of the games. Um, I'm not. I can't remember which one it was, but they were leading four 0 at half time. It was East Wall. East Wall, yeah. 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 I, I, I actually went to watch him there last Sunday. Now the uh, the Utilizer squad that they were playing against. I think is Cindy uh, Donnelly. Am I right there? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, no disrespect, not the name, but just. Uh, 
I got there, it was nil all. But they brought on the big ones, if you like, in the second half. And they, they, they won one in the end. But it's, it, it wasn't... I said this to someone else the other day. The Sheriff played them one way. They don't... I'm not saying they're one dimensional. They just have no plan B. More often than that, they don't need a plan B. They just play. But they're, they're just smashing side. They're just, just to really have a look at the shape. To be honest with you, you nearly be... You, the thing is, enjoy watching. And, and tactically, how do you deal with that, John? What's like tactically? How do you deal with sheriff with the tactics they employ? What's the tactics you have to employ? Like I think I spoke to you before about, um, you know, because they are such a good side, you you really just have to go out and have a go against them. Yeah, well, yeah. Mate, yeah, yeah look, we don't tell you what exactly we're going to do. First thing we're going to do, everyone's going to have to get it. Everyone's going to have to be. We 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 won't be able to carry passengers on Sunday. That's that's a fact. We have to have everyone tip top, and that's and that's as we would want in any final, but. We had to close it down better than we did in the first game. Having said that, the first game was tight for for a good part of it. But where we saw the last day was two of our centre halves went out of the game, and we had to play two centre mids who can play centre half. Don't get me wrong, but they were gone from the midfield. People can get on it and make things happen. So that's the, the, these are the small things that hopefully will will be different on the day. And the, the, uh, there's a lot of talk about the, the big big pitch. I, I think that that would be. Uh, more an advantage than a disadvantage to us. Well, you know, we, we, we've no uh, problems with having that big pitch. But other than that, as regards tactics, we just have to be at it and be, I'm not saying in the faces because we, we, don't, we aren't the type of team we try to play football ourselves. Yes. We'll, uh, but really, it's just hoping the lads don't freeze. I don't, I don't, I don't expect anyone to freeze, to be honest with you. Well, no, but, you know, I, I, I'm sort of more fearful of going down to Wexford because North Ham are so good against us. Mm. Maybe the early start helps us, obviously, but. I just thought we were really good in there. And what we really done, done well that day was we played the match and not the occasion. The crowd didn't seem to come near the lads at all. They, they didn't seem to be affected at all by the crowd. There was a big, uh, strong Wexford crowd uh, that day and I'd expect it to be more even on Sunday. You know? I mean, I'd say both clubs are going to bring a massive support. So uh, hopefully you can just play the game at the occasion and we'll, we'll give it a go, yeah. And of course, in your own side, you, you have players there with big game experience. When you were manager of Patsy Y, and like you mentioned, you got to the Leinster Senior Cup final, there was, there was a, a number of your, your current squad in, in that team on that occasion as well, wasn't there? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you see, uh, I'm repeating myself now, I probably said this to you before, and now I've said a few people in recent times, but because if you saw what happened to them without going over all, all grounds, a lot of players are with the club now. Where with the club then? That was Lancaster Senior League. That's mm. four leagues up from where we are now. Mm. And these players have experience in that. Plus, they're all over Moiser. Now they're not over the hill, but they're all over Moiser. So, you know, it's not. Although it looks like you know, if the team from the top league yeah, well against a team from the fifth league in the Lancaster Senior, we don't see it like that. You know, we we don't. We're not looking like that. We're a, a fifth division team. Yeah, and I think that's why I think that might be where the, the bookies are coming in uh, with the, with their kind of skewed odds there because anybody who's watched Liffey's realizes they're not a you know a, a fifth tier team if you know what I mean like they're they're on the same level of of any uh, of the top junior sides in the country and I think that might be why people underestimate you you know possibly so well I, I think the fact that can the only reason can be the only reason that because like we're in the final exactly yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I can't say I'm, uh, I know I can see any teams in recent years to say oh, there's a bad team getting to the final but a good side <laughs> like we're in the final the FA Junior Cup so no matter what league we're playing in we're there but one of the reasons is because we players who are able 
and would be able and hopefully will be able in the, in, in the coming years to play at a higher level again you know so uh, this is probably going to be our last chance for, for, for the, uh, most of our lads because hopefully because well, nothing done and dusted yet but we're hoping to have intermediate football by the end of the season so it will be a Saturday side taking up the mantle in the in the FIA Junior Cup next year and it will be a monumental task for them to do it so we never know what's going to happen but as I say this is a this is Sheriff's third game third time in three in four years a fabulous achievement unbelievable I've known about the height of the guard from top 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 side but we know it's a, it's a one-off for us and uh, maybe just that's why we look around and we'll be giving it everything just in a, in a personal capacity, John. I know you've had you've had wins and you've had losses in various cup finals y- yourself. And uh, I, I was actually looking at um, one. Um, I think it was while you were with Patsy Y um, in the Noel Ryan Cup, where a kind of a very disputed goal. I was watching that today on on YouTube, and it was a very disputed goal. Um, how much of a part does luck come into it? Like you know, can it be a, a bit of bit good luck or a bit of bad luck in a in a cup final like that? And I'm sorry, I forgot about the dispute part. That was the throw-in that the ball. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. It was like a handball. Yeah. I'm not over the line on that one. It was, it was, uh, but really, the, un- the unlucky part was then when the ball came in, it was an hour's year off, so I shouldn't probably mention so I'm going to Australia now. I've got good luck, luck as a job. And, uh, you know, he was outstanding on the day. He just glanced off his head, went by... Uh, I'm nearly sure it was Philip. Yeah, it was Philip, I think, was a goal, yeah? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Definitely, yeah. It certainly, certainly looked plays a part, but that was that was uh, that was quite cruel. But really, it's just that question is a good question because again, like on top of the rowers, rowers see why even wayside see why there's a gulf there. Yeah, you know, we weren't, we were, you know, up and coming team. Then wayside were a much had a much bigger wealth of experience than us in that final, and we'd have been we'd have been you know well underdogs in that one. But I think I looked as calm, uh, Derek, but. You know, you're, you're not saying the lads are listen, we, we, we might get a bit of luck here, we might get this, we might get a pen, or we might get, you know, we, we have good dead ball men, but we won't be, uh, again, going out to try, listen, let's try to get a car and we win it off that. We're going to just try play. We're going to, you know, it's it's too big of a day to be putting restrictions on lads and saying, listen, but we, we, we've played all the year in a way, you know, some people might call it a little bit direct. When Philip has the ball at his feet, he can ping it on 70 yards, it's great. But we don't look at that as a long ball. You know I mean, we try to get, you know, we play, we play from the back, we play through midfield, and the fella gets a shot and there's a chance and there's one on one. It doesn't have to be one on one. He just, he just pick people out. So we, we, we won't be, we won't be moving away from what we normally do too much. We obviously have to have a little bit of plan because they have so much attacking options in the team. But other than that, we're just going to try and enjoy the game. Listen, John, I want to wish you the, the best of luck on Sunday and, and thanks very much for taking the call. Uh, pleasure to speak to you, as always. I'm sure I'll see you there, Dave. Uh, listen, thanks, for, thanks a million, John. Take care. See you, bye-bye. OK, that was John Young there. Um, lots of interesting things to say. And, of course, we'd wish uh, John all the best on Sunday for him and all his squad. And the same to Alan Riley and all his squad with Sheriff Voice. Hopefully it'll be a cracking final at uh, 4 o'clock in the, uh, in the Aviva on Sunday. I suppose we move on to the the intermediate cup final, which uh, is the precursor for the for the 
I know you wrote an article about this today, Johnny, uh, half given out the, the, um, the, the intermediates before the junior, and I suppose we, we've kind of covered that in depth before, that it, it does come down to, and no, I know David... I understand that the way it takes presence, because the junior, the junior just generates more excitement, I just think that this game particularly is a, is a quality, quality final, and one that, could, that might catch the, the audience, would be a better game than, than Sheriff Biffy. Yeah, I, I think well, definitely. On, on the, the flip of a coin, I don't think so. Because around, I wasn't giving out that it was on before. What I was saying is that generally the junior cup, you know, is is deemed the bigger contest. The competition gets more coverage, gets more, you know, hype. And I'm not questioning why it is or, or that. But this, you know, if you're a neutral and you go to watch two these two games, I think this one particular intermediate final has a ch- has the chance to be. You know, the game of the day, it's meltwatering to the highest degree. It has every little sort of little subplot going, and I think it's going to be a great, great game. Um, I think, like, you know, the, the reason that the um, uh, the junior final is on at 4 o'clock, um, it simply comes down to sponsorship. That is that is the main final because Aviva are the main sponsors of the junior um, thing. And it'd be great if Aviva took over sponsorship of the intermediate as well and gave it the same coverage. Um, they both deserve the same. Why boy have um, there to be honest with you, um, I think it's I don't understand why um you know when when they went into these negotiations with, with the, the sponsor they didn't sort of um, include both the, I mean these are the two main amateur competitions one junior one intermediate covering both levels of the game and, and why um you know the intermediate group hasn't been given the same I suppose um, backing and, and exposure and that that again is another thing you'd have to ask actually what what what's going on sometimes with, with these things. Um, I say, it's, it's unfair, I think, on the lads who, who, who are and target who have, you know, you know, worked really hard to get there themselves. That there's almost no, um, there's certainly no media stuff um, around around the bar, what the JSB do and, and other other bits and pieces. And um, it's kind of a bit, uh, you know, maybe they don't mind, maybe they don't want all the all the, the, the sort of um, the noisiness around that's been made around around the board by the that is great. I mean, the whole Kevin Kilbane thing and all the stuff that's going on and all the, the um, it, it's funny and it's it's great. It's great exposure, but um, it should really be, be for a vote. Um, I think and the fact that the, the, the intermediate cup final is only been leaving for the first time this year um, and that hasn't been the, the previous two years, um, you know, also speaks volumes for. Um, I suppose there's, there's definitely an imbalance of power um, in the, the, the organisation that. So I need to get more for the Fidera section and the others, you know? Yeah, and look at... Yeah, oh, sorry, 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 looking in, David, like, it, it kind of reminds me of, like, when people say, um, we do a bit of boxing as well, so when people say, oh, boxing should be on RT, like, uh, or boxing should be on TV3 or whatever, but if, if people wanted to watch it, boxing, and it would generate a massive audience, they've no... They've no it would be they put it on the telly and it was making money for them and all that so I presume if even come with the money and the junior this is from the outside looking in I'll just say the junior cup sort of appealed to them so they put the money into the junior cup and, and that's why it get, and they they sort the Kilbane element out I presume am I wrong in that? Oh no don't be wrong everything has been all the the market and stuff has been pushed by Aviva yeah but, but, so obviously they, they would have seen the junior cup as a more attractive proposition I don't think so. I, th- no. I think if Eva would have went into a, 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 you know, a meeting with FEI people, and um, I mean, let's be honest, I don't think the guys who are in the marketing department of, of Aviva Insurance um, would necessarily be well, that well up on their um, amateur football, you know, that they would they would actually know 
you know, which is the bigger competition. Neither of them are bigger than the other. They're both big in their, in their own right. Um, I just think that maybe there's certain people who, um, you know, in the in the international organisation, who um, may you know maybe grab these um, these things for themselves and and, and have want, want to promote their competition that they're in charge of. That's just a personal opinion. Um, that from the outside looking in, that it seems seems that way to me. If I if it were me, you know, working in, in the FBI, I would want both competitions to have that, that same um, exposure. But look, that's a side element to, to, to what's going to be a great day on Sunday, you know? Yeah, look, definitely, um, you know, it would have been great. Again, like, the, the intermediate isn't getting the same amount of coverage. Um, to, to not get back onto my rant, but if we had been allowed there at the media day, you know, we could have uh, we could have got interviews with, with Paul Doyle and with Martin Lockeran and James Lee and Morgan Cranley, and we could have given it a little bit more exposure. So, kind of, you know, that kind of shows the element of shooting itself in the foot of not letting it, uh, you know, given that competition the exposure it deserves. I would hope somewhere down the line, like you say, David, that they will go back to the negotiating table there and get both competitions under the one banner and give them the both, uh, the same level of, you know, the the highlights on Tatanta and stuff like that. I don't even think the semi finals of the, the intermediate this year were recorded by anybody, which is kind of shocking. Like, you know, well, it's very, very low key, um, very low key, and, and, um, it just doesn't. It doesn't make sense, you know. It really doesn't because, uh, the, like, the Junior Cup is a is a great competition. Um, it has a it sort of has a um, there is there I made the, the uh, comparison, but it's sort of an FA Cup sort of a, a charm to it, you know. And um, because it because it has because of the sheer numbers involved, I mean, the intermediate clubs are smaller. It's smaller in numbers because there are less intermediate clubs in the country. It's a it's a much more niche um, um, level of the game, but. Uh, and I, I, I wouldn't. Uh, it, it doesn't need promotion, in, in my opinion, to, to make it. It's special anyway, and it's going to be a special day for, for both sets of players, and both clubs, and, and both communities on Sunday. I just would have liked to see the, the intermediate um, um, cup given the same um, the same treatment. You know, as a, as a person who's involved in intermediate football in particular, um, I just find that a bit irritating. You know. It's what we'll, we'll like without uh, kind of downplaying it too much. We'll get out. We we'll get on to the final, which is going to be a cracking one anyway. And like Johnny says, could steal the show um, on Sunday because because it has all them subplots of um, you know the, the two of them were battling for the title last year. There's the bit of rivalry there. Of course, Paul Doyle has has, um, has been to the final twice and lost as a manager with Cherry Archer. This is hopefully to, well from his perspective, third time lucky. Martin Lockeran has been there twice as a manager before and won it um, uh, with with Crumlin. I think it was back in two thousand and nine and two thousand and ten, um, but Johnny, like you, from from your perspective, like you said in in the article you wrote on the JSP, you think this could be uh, definitely steal the show and could be the game of the day. Even just with all you're going there, it's, I know you're going to be excited for the final anyway, but I can't wait for this game. I really can't wait just to see how they line up, how it, it plays out, and um, as I say, there's all them subplots and the, the players know each other well, and you know, Crumman just picked them last year and. Crumman's sort of revival this season and maybe Tolga really needing this because of how the league has gone for them um, it just has a bit of everything and it's got, I think it's going to be a cracking cracking all out battle and I think Michael Lockwood said this week that you know he hopes it's a high scoring game and they, they win it by the odd goal so I'll take that any day of the week I think the, the, like, um, we'll have a listen to, I spoke to Paul Doyle a little bit earlier on as well we'll have a listen to his, his interview now in a second but Paul is, uh, was saying that um, he's expecting a more or less fully squ- fit squad back. I think he's only missing um, one or two. I think 
Wayne Bourne is missing, and uh, I can't remember who else he said, but the likes of Alan Foley are back. Like they've been that bad run they've had in the last month or so has coincided with an awful lot of players missing. They'd seven kind of first teamers, regular starters missing um, over the last month, but a lot of them have made the return now. I know John Milady's back from injury, Mark Mooney's back from injury. Um, I think Mark O'Neill is back from injury. Uh, Ray Whelan's still out because he he done his cruciate, but you know there's a lot of players back in there who who are kind of out with niggly injuries and stuff like that. So uh, you would expect a Tolka at more or less full strength. And I said at the start of the season, and I still kind of hold it through, that I, I still think Tolka have, on paper, the strongest squad in the league um, for talented players. Now whether um, and if they all show up on the day. They're a match for any team, and and you know they can play some lovely, attractive football. But then on the flip side of that, like you know, Crumlin are that you know immovable object that they they have that winning winning mentality, and they you know even when Johnny was writing them off before Christmas, um, you know you kind of suspected that they might be back up there, back up the league table, um, and moving things in in the right direction again, and you know that's come to fruition. And now they're in, in contention for for a treble. Like you know, they've won the Charlie Cattle. They could still win the league, and obviously they can win this competition on Sunday. It would be a massive season from for where from where they were back in December. Um, it would be look at look at a bit of a fairy story there compared to where they were back in December. But it's it's a great story in itself. Johnny loves his bit of romance there. I don't know whether that has romance for you, Johnny. Does it? Have we lost Johnny? I think we lost Johnny. Yeah. Oh, I think. Just, just from my perspective, I'm looking forward to obviously as well and. Um, I think um, there's contrasting styles uh, between Tolga and, and Crumlin. Crumlin are definitely more of a, a side that will, will try and you know pass pass away you know into into the front positions. Um, Tolga this season, from from what I've seen them, they tend to try and go back to front that bit quicker. They've got you know, great pace. If they have all their players back fit, they've great pace out wide in the front, and they tend to um, try and you know use the the width. Of, they'll certainly try and use the width of the Aviva pitch on, on Sunday and try and stretch Crumlin. And Crumlin will do what they do with the likes of James and Lee. And I, I don't know, I wonder if Martin Kramer will, will be involved in, in this game. He only, he, he come on as a, as a very lay sub in the charity. I don't, I don't think he's been getting much game time since he came back. He, he was a, No, but I, I think um, his, his experience will be invaluable to, to Crumlin. Um, and, and he's just, he's like a, he, he's a type of player that, he, that will help him keep that possession. Like himself, Jero and, and, and um James Lee in the middle, you know, if, if, that, if that's what the middle threesome will be, maybe Kramer won't start. We certainly need to have him on the bench to come on later in the game when players are getting a bit tired. Um, is 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 um, an invaluable player to have. I, I can't call this one to be honest. Um, I would say we my, my I would probably say Crumlin's slight favourites, but um. Definitely, uh, one that you just can't can really call either way. Yeah, I think like the bookies would agree with you there, David. Like Trumbull are the favourites and the bookies, um, and probably rightly so because of the recent run of form they've been on. And then, uh, in contrast to that, uh, Tolka's kind of recent bad run of form. But I think what's most exciting for me in this game is the, the amount of flair players on the pitch. Like if you look up top for Tolka, the likes of Mark Townley and Mark Ewells can both, you know, both tricks and they can pull defenders out wide and um, definitely fair players. And then if you look at the likes of uh, Crumlin as well the likes of Alan McGreal and, and Greg Morehouse up top as well are very 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 good players and can pull uh, cracking goals out of the bag as well and then look even through both midfields like I think Mark O'Neill is, is probably one of the best midfielders in the division without a doubt and then like John Sullivan is having a great season as well the the, the tank as they call him he's having a great season for uh, Crumlin at the moment and probably keeping Kramer out of the side at the moment Um so you know it has the potential to be a really excellent game with a lot of flair players on display 
And in that regard, I, I might agree with Johnny that it might steal the day, you know, steal the day and and be the game of the day on Sunday, uh, and leave people more satisfied. It could be um, a real cracker. I don't know about it. have we have we completely lost Johnny there? Is he there or? I think he's gone. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think Johnny's in an internet cafe there, so I think he's being kicked out because uh, it's late in the <laughs> evening. So uh, I suppose, like we, we've spoke a little bit about the uh, Intermediate Cup final, we'll, we'll just have a listen to the interview I did with Paul Doyle um, a little bit earlier. Uh, we'll have a listen to that there now. Okay, Paul Doyle, manager of Tolka Rovers in the line. Uh, Paul, thanks for coming on the show today. Um, I just wanted to start off by, by asking you, obviously, a massive final on Sunday. How have the preparations gone? Uh, preparations have gone quite well. Um, since last week, we've been doing a few bits and pieces. We've been training. We've gone three sessions this week, and we're just totally prepared for this game on Sunday. So, uh, it went well Monday and Wednesday, and we're in again now Friday night to finish off with the final, final uh, touch to it. Let the boys off on Saturday, and we'll see them again on a Sunday morning. Would that be a heavy session on Friday or would we just put, put, putting the finishing touches to the, what you're trying to do? No, they, they, they have been heavy sessions at all this week. It's just look a bit, a bit of shape play, a couple of set pieces. I'm sure Crumley and I will be on the very same thing. Um, Floyd might be there again, just, just, just finishing off a few bits and pieces that we've done on Monday and Wednesday, just getting the, the ticker and the, the lad mind proper, you know? Um, you've, you've, uh, you've had a lot of injuries of late in the squad. Are you hoping to have everybody back for Sunday? Your league form has been a little bit patchy of late. Uh, does that go down to? Does that go out the window on Sunday? And would you put that down to uh, the, the large amount of injuries that you've had? Um, we would put the form down to the large amount of injuries that I had. Yeah, we kind of trained on set of teams and a large number of positions. Um, but when it comes down to Sunday, everything goes out the window. Derek, it's uh, it's it's like when it's a cup final football. You could be having you could be the team on the bottom of the league, playing the team on the top of the league, and all goes out the window. It all comes down to the individuals and team spirit on Sunday. And like obviously you've uh, you've managed in two finals before. Um, obviously you were on the losing end to, to a very very strong Avondale soil while you were manager at Cherry Orchard. Does does this Sunday's final is it a little bit more special because it's at the Aviva Stadium? Yeah, well the fact that it's at the Aviva is absolutely excellent. You know, I, 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 it's an intermediate cup final, no matter where you play. If it's at the Aviva, it's a daily match in Tolga, it's in Tallaght Stadium. It's an intermediate, intermediate cup final, and every player. And have you enjoyed the build up to it so far? Like does he obviously the kind of the the media oh, yeah, guy last week and great. I've had a lot of lads like I said bring me looking for interviews off me and we've been down the Aviva on Monday, we've done the press the press gig on Monday the Aviva and just to see the surroundings of the Aviva on Monday it was absolutely it was beautiful, it was brilliant. Unfortunately the pitch wasn't marked out but it was looking great in the sunshine and the, the sprinkler system down as well. So I think everyone that was there on Monday really I'm really looking forward to uh, Sunday. Uh, hopefully we'll get a nice day for it. Um, like obviously, uh, Tolkett and Crumlin, they, they would be both known as good footballing sides. Will will the large pitch benefit either side, or do you think you, you know it'll just suit both sides and you're, you can expect a good game? I think you can expect a good game. Yeah, we're a game plan to play football. We're not going to differentiate much from we we done. I was trying to bring it to the club last year and this year, and I'm sure Crumlin will be the very same. 
good footballers on both sides. There's good passes to the ball on both sides, and there's, there's also very good, uh, let's say, tricky tricky wingers on both sides with like Alan McGrail and on that side we've had a Foley, Mark Townley, they've played more house players that can turn the game on its head with a quick for a quick trick. I'm sure it's going to happen something like that for happen along the way. And I suppose looking at, I'm sure you've you've seen a lot of Crumlin this season. You've, you've obviously played against them as well. What do you see as their biggest threat um, against your side? And the biggest threat, well, obviously you've got you know, Alan McGrail down that down that left wing, and Greg Moyes up top, James Lee right from the middle. Him and both have played very well together. They're a good side. They're a good football side, and they they never they never say die. That's one thing about Crumlin United. That was over over the years. They It's been evident, I suppose, in, in their kind of overall season this year that a lot of people had them written off before Christmas because of their bad, bad start to the season. But I suppose they're in contention now for, for a treble, so you know, they have had a fantastic season. Yes, if, 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 you, uh, if you publications had them wrote off, I'll write off. You can mention Johnny Stapleton, yeah, <laughs> I can't imagine. Johnny Stapleton, we were out the market, KG Lee came back with him to find Blast at him. So, uh, no, we never write coming right off. Do you feel like it's been an amazing LSL season, um, top and bottom? It's been probably one of the most interesting one in years. Do you still feel you're in with a shout there? I know, like you know, there's, there's still the possibility you can still win the title yourselves, and I suppose even us ourselves maybe have, have roaches off a little bit because of the bad blip and form. But do you still feel that you can you can you can get there in the end with a bit of luck? Um, luck and prayers and holy God looking down from us. Um, mathematically, I don't think we can. Just like um, obviously, this is Talca's first ever intermediate cup final. What, what's the atmosphere been like around the club for the past week or two? The atmosphere has been great around the club. I know it's not, it's not first final, and I'm, I'm actually delighted to be the manager who's looking to the to the first cup, the first intermediate cup final. Um, it's brilliant. It's brilliant for the people around the club. The people have been there for the last number of years, and I, I still don't know some of the names. I couldn't talk in the bar on Friday nights, but the fact that Doc Law, like Dame O'Connor, Liz Kelly, all the guys have been on that committee for a number of years. A lot of the background work. I'm really, really happy with life for them. They deserve it. You know, Johnny Daly, you know, I've forgot to mention it. But I'm really, for, for all them guys who work on the committee and work towards in the background, keep that club running. I 
and I presume there'll be a, a big crowd expected on Sunday as well. There is, yeah. Like, it's four or five buttloads expected to come out to the Aviva. Um, they're pulling out Conquer over at half eleven on Sunday morning. Um, so they're expecting a big crowd from parents and family and friends and the schoolboy section as well. And I'm sure Crumlin and Sheriff and Liffey, they've all got a big crowd. So it's, it's going to be a great festival of football. I'm really looking forward to it. Listen, Paul, uh, I want to wish you the best of luck on Sunday and, and thanks for taking the call today. Fair play to you. Thanks, Derek. We'll find you back and talk for a point on Sunday. Please, God. All right, talk to you then, Paul. Thanks a lot. Okay, that was Paul Doyle there, manager of Talker Rovers, and uh, I'd like to thank Paul for taking the time for uh, taking the to- uh, to- taking the call today. And uh, I want to wish him and his and his squad and all Talker Rovers the best of luck and the same to Martin Lockeran and his squad and everybody at Crumlin United. Um, best of luck to them in the final on Sunday. Hopefully it's going to be a cracking day. Um, I suppose, David. We, as I said, we've lost Johnny, but we'll um, we'll just finish up. I don't know whether you've you've heard about this yourself, but in regards to the FAI Senior Cup fixtures that were uh, the draw was done recently, and the fixtures were scheduled for I think it's the thirty first of May, um, and obviously that clashed with Jerry Smith's um, uh, Lamanga squad that was going away to prepare for the Re- Regions Cup, the twenty player squad. You know, there's there's four players I think from Crumlin, and I think there's four from Sheriff. Uh, I could be wrong on those figures, but there's certainly a, a substantial number in both those sides um, who are supposed to be going away with the squad. And because Sligo Rovers and UCD won't um, rearrange the fixtures for that weekend, they won't push them back even till the Monday, which I believe is a bank holiday Monday anyway. So it'd be very easy for them to to move it to a bank holiday Monday. Uh, but they're not facilitating the amateur clubs in this regard. And you know, Jerry Smith could be going to Lamanga with a very depleted squad, or I presume others will have to go in and take their place. But surely the FAI has to step in here. And you know, this is a very major competition, the Regions Cup. Um, surely to give the Irish team the best uh, preparation for it, the FAI has to step in here and force the the league clubs to to um, put them fixtures back for a few days or even a week or two. Yeah, I know. I just seen the story myself in the last two days. What surprises me about it actually is knowing how knowing that Jerry Smith is, is, is quite meticulous in his preparation that he didn't actually foresee this because you kind of although the dates may not have been known the exact dates you, you sort of know usually in around when the, the second round games um, of the FUI um, senior cup are going to take place. Um, no, I, I didn't foresee it either, and I'm sure most people didn't. But um, so I'm surprised from that perspective. I suppose I'll give you an example that we experienced ourselves a number of years ago. Um, we did that run to the National Senior Cup final, and we were due to play Bray in the quarterfinals, and we had a lot of uh, difficulty with Bray um, in, in actually making that fixture happen. They made it really, really. We, we were the home team, and um, they just almost like they they were very, very dismissive of of our. You know, of us as a club because we were an amateur club and um, didn't seem to take anything that we, we, we said or wanted to do seriously. Now, in the end, we, we held firm and we, we, we played the game in Urshan Stadium on the grass pitch and it, it turned out to be a great day and, and, and won the game. And, and, that. and In the semi final, again, we were a little, not so much bothered with UCD, but they, they weren't overly helpful. And we've also I've had experience with FEI senior cup games um, in recent years against um, Dundalk, Cove, and um, last year against St. Pat's. And whereby again we were trying to be as professional as we could be in our approach and making sure that everything uh, is organised and done properly. And there was always a feeling that you're again you're being dismissed. So I think I think the clubs need a bit of backing here from from the powers that be, and, and and almost I suppose tell. I mean you can't blame Sligo on UCD for for their stats because they're just thinking about their own fixtures and and getting to the third round. And they'd be well aware Sligo on UCD. 
have not made a great start to the to the, um, the respective divisions this year. Yeah. Um, and they they probably are fearful of a, of a, a cup shock for what they like, and are, are, are thinking, well, why should we do anybody any favour? So if you understand that, they need somebody to step in and 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 bang their heads together and make a decision for them rather than um, you know expecting Sligo or using to, to to climb down. Um, because you're right, the, the, the uh, Regions Cup is on here this summer and it's a great opportunity for Jason and squad to actually uh, win the tournament, possibly. Um, and they need, to, they need to be given every, every opportunity to do that. And, and I suppose the Irish football community needs to come together and, and, and say, look, let's, let's walk this out, you know, um, and let's not be so, uh, I suppose, it's so difficult about it, you know. Yeah, I know when the draw was made, I did actually notice that the, the, it did clash with the um, La Manga squad, but I suppose naively I thought to myself, oh, well, the players will still go on the squad anyway, and, you know, they'll just have to, the clubs will just have to play a depleted team against uh, the League of Ireland team, because I, maybe, I have a kind of a dismissive attitude towards the FAI senior and thinking that maybe the amateur sides are not going to win it anyway, so maybe they shouldn't put. Uh, so much emphasis on it, and I know me and Johnny kind of had an argument about this last week. But but for certain clubs, they, they do place a lot of emphasis on you know winning against a, a, a pro club or whatever. Um, and I can understand Martin Locker and stance on it that he doesn't want to go into a game against Sligo like, with, with four of his top players missing. Um, but so they, could, they could get beat, you know, they could end up on the wrong end of a, a serious fight. You know, we have a lot of young lads in there who you know, just aren't ready for that step up. And um, it can be easily fixed, you know, just a, a change of dates, a revamping of the dates. But it needs somebody that's, you know, not involved with either side to, to come in. And that somebody has to be somebody in the FEI. It is the FEI's, FEI Cup. It's their competition. They actually can dictate when when these games go ahead if they really want to. And that's what they should do for the good of, you know, for the good of the, the game and the good of everybody. So we don't have this bickering going on. Yeah, I think I think if if they were going to La Manga for a competitive fixture, um, they could uh, enforce the fact that there's a you know they'd have to change the fixture. But because there's no competitive fixtures being played over there, they can't actually force uh, like the amateur clubs can't force the fixture to be changed, and that's why it does require the FEI to step in. And like it's a simple thing: the the players arrive back on the Sunday evening, move the match to the Monday. You know what I mean? And it's a bank holiday Monday, so it's not as if it's um. You know, games always get played on bank holidays. You know, so it's not uh, a massive leap to move it back one day. Um, but I, I would hope they do get facilitated because it would be an awful shame for the for the likes of those players to miss out on on that trip abroad uh, in preparation because it could damage their chances of getting getting into the squad. And look, it may not damage their chances as well because they are all top players as well, and I'm sure Jerry Squid wants them in the squad. But you know, how sickening would it be that because the the FAI wouldn't move a fixture and you you had to stay at home? To play with your club that you lose out in your place in the Regions Cup, and um, you know, I think really the FEI needs to step in there, and hopefully they'll come to a a, a resolution on it soon and uh, facilitate well, the players. Is, Derek, that, you know, I, again, it's just something that I, opinion that I have on it. Like, does it does it definitely? If you think of League of World Football, I, I would be one of those people who, although I don't get to go to games, and the simple reason I don't get to go to games is it clashes with my own uh, commitments with the club I'm involved with myself. Um, there's definitely a, a sort of a uh, us against them attitude between the amateur, uh, people involved in amateur football and those who uh, follow League of Ireland football. Mm. And it's because they don't, I suppose, it's situations like this that actually is the reason why that happens. There's no, um, nobody kind of sits down and walks these things out probably. Even, you know, even the fact that um, you know, um, amateur football is played on the same way that the League of Ireland football is played on and, and, and the amount of attendances 
mean, that's a simple fix. Somebody moves, you know, something has to change there in order to accommodate people to be able to go to both if they wish. Um, so the, the, there's always been that sort of us against them attitude. Now for the players who, who want to play for their clubs, like Cromwell and Sheriff, playing in the, the FA Senior Cup, and you know, I've seen it with, with some of our own players, it's a big, big deal for them, you know, and, and they, they want to pit their wits against the, you know, the, 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 the professional players. I mean, a lot of these guys um, would have had aspirations to play at a professional level themselves, and some probably could, could still do it, just have the commitment levels. And, um, you know, this is the one, one chance that they get every year uh, if they reach the second round to uh, to do that. So, you know, why take that away from them when a simple um, meeting, banging heads together, can, can, can solve it, you know? Yeah, I totally agree with you, Dave. I totally agree. Um, I suppose we better wrap it up because we've we've gone on for Jesus, we're we're well over an hour and a half now at the stage. So, uh, uh, I suppose we better finish up. I suppose we'll just finish up by, as I said, uh, urging people to go along to the Aviva on Sunday. It's only a tenner in. I think under sixteens are free. Uh, you're going to get two cracking games of football. Um, so even if you're not involved with e- uh, either or any of the four clubs involved, get along for a great day out at the Aviva Stadium. It's going to be a cracking day of football. Um, I just want to thank. Uh, Johnny for, for coming on for most of the show before he got kicked out of his internet cafe uh, and and to thank yourself Dave uh, it was great to have you on the show and you're more than welcome to come on any time you, you, you feel like it it was, it was really what, it was nice to have someone else to, to waffle with uh, other than Johnny so uh, yeah you're more than welcome to come on um, so that's been us talking balls uh, I've been Derek McKenna Johnny Stapleton was there and David Nolan was there and thank you for listening